Welcome to Fields of Consciousness, a podcast for consciousness conversations. I'm Jeffrey. And I'm Clayton. <laughs> it's Consciousness Explorers and founders of Focus Life Force Energy. We're here to bring a holistic approach to consciousness and share pra- practical examples of how you can take your life to the next level. In this episode, we discuss work life and spirituality. We also talk about the principles around this relationship between spirituality and different parts of our life and how you can apply them anywhere that you want to. Enjoy the episode. Thanks for joining us once again on Fields of Consciousness. This episode is on work life business, and spirituality. You don't have to be a business person or in business for this to apply to you. Welcome. These principles are universal. Um, Any spiritual uh, approach you decide to take to any part of your life, you can use the three principles or steps of evolution that we're going to talk about today and apply it to any aspect of your spiritual journey. Yeah, people tend to think about business as being separate from their spirituality. And uh, yeah, I mean, the way we're doing FLFE in our lives, Clayton, it's together. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's really no difference between business or work life and spiritual life. And that's how we run the business and in our lives, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fundamental shift in your thinking when you consciously decide to not separate business from the rest of your life. And that's mm-hmm. a big leap for a lot of us. And then, you know, we have to find a, a find a way to make peace with, what happens in the world in business and how that can be an opportunity for us to learn. So there's a few steps in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got a lot of years under your belt, helping people with that, that subtle yet really important step. Yeah. I, uh, I got into the coaching business back in 1995, which is, that's a long time ago. And uh, I did my first training in, um, in life skills coaching actually. And when I um, was deciding to go into the coaching business, I I looked at my background skills and experience. I just spent 11 years uh, being very active in Eastern-based philosophy, and that was the major focus of my life. And I worked in private education for most of those years, private schools, business schools. And um, I decided that business was where the power was in the world. So if you want to do the most amount of good with the least amount of effort, right? That's something we talk about a lot, Jeff. We call it the critical Mm -hmm. factor. Mm -hmm. And um, I decided that since business was at least where I perceived the power was in the world at this time, in the past it's been in the church or it's perhaps been in the arts during the Renaissance period. And, uh, And today it's in business and finance. So I decided to work with business people. 
and because I'd spent those 11 years in that, in that Eastern based philosophy, I decided that the relationship between business and spirituality is where I could do the most good with the, with, you know, with mm-hmm. the energy that I had time, energy and mm-hmm. other resources. So that was, uh, yeah, that was the beginning of a lot of conversations about business and spirituality. And I attracted people mm-hmm. like, you know, who were interested in that. So mm-hmm. it was, a the great conversations to have. Yeah. I was one of those people and, uh, yeah, it makes so much sense to me uh, that back then and now too. It's like that's where we spend most of our time and a lot of energy is working. Whatever we're doing, whether we're working in a you know as a cashier in a business or we're working in a manufacturing business or you know even um, in a career of 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 educating children or or being. Um, you know, taking care of, of kids in a family, you know, it's, you could say running a household, that's, that's a business in itself, uh, in a career, but, um, but particularly in those business situations where you're working and there's things happening and there's, there's those rubs that come up, right. Those like, uh, conflicts or times when I've gotten triggered and it's like in those moments is when I feel like make, I kept, I've made the most spiritual progress, you know, because either later I go, wow, I really got triggered at that situation. What's going on for me? And how can I, how can I transcend that personally? And so for me, there's so many opportunities uh, in, in work life for spiritual, you know, evolution. Yeah, for those of us who believe life is a school or uh, a consciousness, uh, a consciousness school, perhaps is a better way to say it, you don't have to look too hard for lessons. They seem to be, uh, <laughs> there's enough opportunities to uh, to learn that are presented pretty readily. And sometimes those opportunities to learn are just to have joy, right? Because sometimes we learn as much through joyful success Mm -hmm. and celebrating and being grateful for what we have. Uh, Mm -hmm. We learn just as much from that as we do from the tough spots. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's easy to forget that, you know, we tend to want (laughs) to, you know, do struggle with stuff and talk about the hard times. It's like, well, yeah, they're, you know, they're they're there. That's, that's one of my favorite sayings. Suffering is optional. Yes. (laughs) Doesn't always feel that way, but uh, (laughs) it's uh you know, it's, it's how we perceive each situation. And for me, looking at it as an opportunity, as a way to, uh, to move myself forward, you, you know, even if it's painful in the moment, has, helps to shift it uh, out of suffering into, uh, you know, an evolutionary opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a lot of experience talking about this concept because we've been living it for eight years t- together and we have our own past before that, but it doesn't, you know, we're not perfect at it. We just, we just uh, have a lot of practice at it. And we have a culture mm-hmm. now in, in the company we started that is very conscious about this being an evolutionary path and being in this business. And mm-hmm. we still have challenges and you know, we still have problems and, mm-hmm. uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, we need that evolutionary stimulus, as we call it. Yeah, yeah. So, what what makes a high consciousness business, Clayton, and from from your point of view? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things would be a, a conscious awareness that that's what you're doing, that you are looking at your business life as part of your spiritual development and that mm-hmm. the opportunities that happen in business and the challenges that happen to business are all those evolutionary stimuluses that we, you know, we tend to talk about it that way. Mm-hmm. Talking about your problems all the time gets kind of old. If you can put new words on it, it makes it you know, a little easier sometimes. So that would be the, <laughs> that would be, you know, if you can get to the point where you declare that and you have that, uh, you know, amongst the people you work with, even one other person, then it tends to elevate the, the whole experience because you're deliberately mm-hmm. looking at this as life is trying to teach me a lesson. What is it? How do I grow mm-hmm. through this instead of just get through it? Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. That may not be the first one, but uh, another uh, another aspect of a high consciousness business would be to intend to intend to align with divinity and have some type of active practice to do so. We'll talk about a few of our practices later. That would be another one. Mm-hmm. And um, a high consciousness business, you know, I mean, they may not start this way, but eventually they should be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, they should be a healthy mm-hmm. and safe work environment. You can pay good wages and benefits. And um, you're making a, a good living, providing a beneficial service or product to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, that's eventually, I mean, we didn't start that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Successful in some ways, it was safe, but, you know, as we've succeeded, I guess this is the, uh, you know, part of the last one is to, or at least the one we're going to talk about, there's there's a lot of conversations here. I mean, this, this is just the beginning of a whole series, right? So mm-hmm. um, if the business has a, a service attitude, and the owners uh, or the senior people have an attitude of serving their employees, that they're in service to their employees, they're in service. And everybody seems, uh, or everybody sees themselves as being service in service to the customers. I mean, we Mm -hmm. sometimes we joke that, you know, this business would be a lot easier without all these customers asking for us to get things get done. We get, you know, we get a lot more projects finished, but it's just kind of a joke to remind us that we're really there to serve and um, you know we're in service to our suppliers, to the earth. You know, if the employees consider themselves in service to the business owners, and the business owners consider themselves in uh, in service to the employees, then you have that goodwill mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. creates a high consciousness uh, business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting on the the alignment with divinity and an act of practice, which we'll, we'll get into. But, you know, I also have seen some businesses that I've been involved with where they're in alignment. Maybe they don't overtly call it divinity, but they're in alignment to a higher cause of some sort, mm-hmm. yeah. like a higher purpose. Um, we'll talk about some businesses, but, you know, they may be in alignment to, you know, take care of the earth. Yes. Um, you know, there's, 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 you know, no pollution, there's, uh, an ethic to recycle, to, to, to really actively have a better, uh, footprint on the earth, you know, a lighter, 
more green footprint on the earth. So that can be in alignment with divinity and the way the people involved see that, you know, it's, it's a higher purpose that's, that they're serving. You know, like that service orientation, we've talked about it. Um, in the past, there were some books on servant leadership mm. where you're the, as a leader in a business, you're really being a, like you said, a servant to large circles, you know, mm-hmm. customers, employees, suppliers, the, the city, the state, the country, the world, you know, that, that the circle of service is big. So that's, that's something that's been around in some management circles for a while. And it really resonates for me that the, the service part of it. And you know, I love talking to FLFE customers and hearing mm. their stories of, you know, transformation and how it's been good for them and how we're, how we're serving them to, hear that directly from them. It's really great in our webinars when we do that. Yeah. I mean, one of the themes in our business is we intend to do what's in the highest and best interest of all creation. So that's Mm -hmm. how we express it. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been Mm -hmm. at this for a long time. I've been having conversations like this since 1995. So that's, you know, 26 years. So you, you get refined statements that encapsulate that whole theme. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a journey in its own. You have to find something that's real for you. If you don't feel like, you know, highest and best interest of all is something you can relate to, mm-hmm. you got to find something that has meaning for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you were, uh, when I visited your company, I'd never seen a business that had employees around for so long. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're doing to have that length of tenure in your companies is... I would say you're being in service to them, but you might not think about it in those terms. I think for you, it was culture is what I was recalling for you. Yeah. And part of the culture is mutual care, hmm. you know, which, which is really service. Yeah. Yeah. So companies like Patagonia, so Patagonia is a relatively high consciousness company. Hmm. We've tested them in the past. Um, and they're, you know, they're really focused on the environment there. Yes. So that's, you know, the recycling of materials and using less resources to produce the clothing and cycling things back when you, when you're finished with the, with the Patagonia piece back to them. And, um, and I think they have a lot of some donation, you know, to, to green causes as part of their Mm -hmm. business model too. So, so that's an example of, of a company that fits that maybe they're not saying divinity if you go to their website, but they're really focused on a higher purpose of, of, of the health of the planet. Yeah. And they recently said they were not going to advertise on a certain company's platform because they believed that company was uh, telling mistruths. Mm. So I thought that mm. was interesting. Yeah. 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 So taking, taking a stance, um, in the world mm-hmm. for, for the truth. Yeah. 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 That's certainly another way to increase the level of consciousness of a business is, you know, have that orientation around truth as best you can determine it. Mm-hmm. Tesla's Tesla's another great one. Um, most people know about Tesla and uh, what they've done to accelerate the world's, you know, transition into sustainable energy. I think that's their, their statement is huge. I mean, so many uh, 
car companies now and coming out with electric cars and electric trucks. And they're all trying to catch up with Tesla because Tesla made electric cars, not the stodgy, slow, you know, bricks, but, you know, fun sports cars that are really fun to drive. So Mm -hmm. that was a, that was a breakthrough. Nobody was doing that. And, um, you know, they've really accelerated that, uh, that movement to electric. I think there's at least three electric trucks coming out next year, maybe more that uh, could really revolutionize the, the pickup truck market. So, yeah. Yeah. Being the gearheads that we are, uh, we end up talking a lot about that. Of course you have a Tesla and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I have a, I think my next, my next vehicle is going to be electric. I know that, uh, mm-hmm. I drive a Wrangler and, uh, or Rubicon and, um, yeah, they just come out with an electric hybrid. So when mm-hmm. when mine uh, retires, I think I know that's what I'll get. And uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to get an electric truck as well. I'm just looking at uh, the Cybertruck. It's going to be three or four years probably before I could get one. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah, the Rivians. I just found out the Rivians actually tow uh, twelve thousand pounds. I think Jeff, mm-hmm. one of the models, yeah. or it's ten or twelve. I have to check. It's like oh wow, okay, that, that's mm-hmm. that might be uh, yeah. Yeah, so Tesla service in the world is getting these, having these conversations going, you know. Yeah. Four or five years ago, uh, you know, we, you just have your, your traditional pickup truck choices. Mm-hmm. So, so they are, they're an example of a high conscious business really focused on that. It's, and um, Tom, there's some shoe companies. There's Tom Shoes and Zappos were two companies that were kind of on our radar for, for high consciousness and Zappos was really around, um, customer service and the culture in the Mm -hmm. business. And that was some time ago, the last time we, we we checked that one. Um, but they really have an ethos around a fun workplace with career opportunities. So that was, that was, you know, an example of, really the practices of care inside the business. And I don't know where that's gone, but since, since we last tested and then I think Tom's shoes were giving away a pair of shoes for each uh, shoe that you pair of shoes you would buy. Um, and that's similar in FLFE from the beginning, we give away a free subscription for everyone that gets purchased mm-hmm. uh, what we call pay it forward. So those, those are examples of ways of serving the world and ways of um, being successful as well. I mean, people appreciate that, that if they purchase something that the part of that money goes to serving the world in some way. Yeah. There's a big movement out there. 1% for the planet. There's all kinds of things that we can get involved in and it, you know, and it may not be uh, for the first four or five years or in business, you may, you know, you may need to, get yourself established before you can explore how you want to give back. It doesn't always mean you start out that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's about checking in what's, you know, what's in the highest and best all the time. Sometimes what's in the highest and best is, is to focus on having a, a profitable business that pays well before you give much because the employees, you know, they, they're, they're important. Everybody needs to make a living. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. So this shift, you know, in your business or work life, 
or home life. And this, you know, all of this can apply to if, you know, your primary work right now is taking care of children, raising children, maybe educating them at home or whatever work you're doing in your workplace is, you know, this transition to a more, you know, and first we talked about this awareness of this being a place for you to, to work and transform yourself. Um, and really it does all start with each of us with, mm-hmm. with ourselves. And, and for me, it, you know, it came with work-life balance, you know, really looking at, uh, okay, if this is all my spiritual practice, you know, am I in balance? You know, am I working too many hours? You know, cause I really was, when we started FLFE, I was working a lot of hours oh, yeah. there and, uh, it's coming to balance now, which has really made a difference in my life. Um, and the, the mood conversation has been big in, in, in all my businesses where in these more traditional manufacturing business, it was just helping people to realize that they have moods. Mm. You know, people tend to tend, tended before we did that education to just see the world, whatever, through whatever glasses they're wearing at the moment. It might be an angry pair of glasses, right? So then everything looks like it's aggravating. Everything's uh, against you. And so if you don't realize you're in a mood, then that's, it's really hard to change the situation. So part of it's like, okay, I'm feeling off. I'm feeling angry. Take a walk, you know, listen to some music, change what you're doing, you know? So, so we, we did a whole campaign around, you know, mood. And it was, it was using a building. So are you in the basement? So if you're in the basement, it's kind of dark. You can't see very far. It's kind of stuffy versus if you're in a penthouse, you're up, you're up, maybe you're on the roof and it's green and there's plants up there and you, you can see the whole horizon. You can see the big picture. Mm-hmm. And so that big picture is, um, you know, a whole different mood. Than, than being in a basement. So we have a poster with the, the building and the basement and the penthouse so that those kind of things personally really can help, help shift, uh, shift the way we are in work and ourselves. So anytime you're making a transition, um, the first thing you want to concentrate on is yourself and not other people, not the environment, not the world, I want to focus on you and take it back to where you have the most control. Where you have the most control is over yourself, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of us are out of control for parts of our life, but we certainly have more possibility of control over ourselves than anybody else. And managing your state is a big part of managing yourself. And uh, I think that's what I'm hearing, Jeff, from you is, you know, you've done a Well, and my experience of your other companies is that you've done a very good job of helping people manage their state and you call it mood. And uh, mm-hmm. but I just, yeah, it's just good to remember to put the focus back on ourselves if we want something to change or we're doing a transition. And part of that would be to understand your values a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I come from a coaching background and I've been trained in three different schools and different 
schools of thinking and coaching have different ways of looking at values, but there's lots of information around values, lots of books out there. There's lots of processes to go through. And if you're doing a big transition in your life and it's rougher than you want it to be, then you may want to take a look at your values and reevaluate what's important to you. I mean, you just talked, Jeff, about, I mean, we used to work all the time when we started FLFE. It was like, I mean, <laughs> you, have, you have two other businesses too. And I had another business I was running because we weren't, you know, getting a paycheck from FLFE. But we, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would have had it any other way. It was, it was, it was uh, a lot of joy in that. And, you know, it's been eight years now and it's time to focus on something else. And it's pretty easy to keep going with the momentum you've had. Mm -hmm. And people around you expect you to, sometimes they expect you just to keep going the way you've been going because that's what a lot of us do. So mm -hmm. values, um, you know, and how they express in terms of behavior is pretty core to being being a happy, uh, positive, abundant person. And happy, positive, and abundant, you know, most of the time <laughs> is, <laughs> I guess that's, well, speak for myself, that's my idea of what a spiritual life would be like. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, the positive is about having a lot of energy, right, to get stuff done, but you can take mm -hmm. action when you need to. And part of that culture of service, too, is is the work environment and, t you know, having generosity. Hmm. You know, kind of talking in a, maybe in a manager position or a business owner position is like just ending up on the side of generosity. Because it's kind of easy to get into that business mode where, oh, yeah, these are the rules. These, you know, these are the laws that we have to follow. But really going beyond those and beyond, you know, to be generous with people, mm -hmm. with leave, with, you know, how they're getting, you know, how the pay is and bonuses and, you know, whatever ways you can show love and appreciation for everyone um and have fun you know it's a big part of you know the love and appreciation is great just going around and talking to people and like wow that's really cool what you're doing right now you know um and that fairness and gen that generosity just becomes like wow that was you didn't have that didn't have to happen but that really helped me spend more time with my kids you know or you know to have to have more flexibility whatever it is um and that maybe that's part part of the values that have come out for me mm -hmm. um, is that appreciation for others, you know. Um, yeah, the way it shows up in uh, at least in the Nelson office is that you know Ashatosh, the general manager, and and myself, and you're included in that conversation, is that we're proactive about trying to help the employees have the best life they can. Mm -hmm. It's like if you know that there's a child that's sick, you know, and it would really help them to work from home for a little bit longer or to adjust their life in some way, as long as their work's getting done, you know, because we need to keep the business moving to provide for everybody. Um, then, you know, you make the, you just, you go talk to them. It's like, well, it seems like this is going on. How can we help you with that? Would it help if you work different hours for a while or you work less hours 
Or if somebody, um, you know, we have a couple of people saving for down payments on a home and they're looking to work overtime. So if you have, you have it in the budget and there's projects that you want to move along, it's like you go, go out of your way to remind them that, yeah, there's, there's these projects that need to get done. If you want to work, if you want to work some overtime, then, you know, it's time and a half and it'll go towards your house down payment mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. paying off a bill or saving for something. So it's just that proactive approach to, how do I serve the employees to help them mm-hmm. have the best life that they mm-hmm. can? Mm-hmm. And the having fun part seems to be a piece of this too. Uh, we've got, had some great parties at FLFE. Yeah. Um, I just had a Halloween party. I got a little video from the team and everyone was watching, uh, I guess, Ghostbusters uh, afterwards. But uh, yeah, that just, having some fun, you know, mm-hmm. finding ways to just get out of work mode and just uh, have fun together. seems part of, part of that shift to a higher consciousness business. Yeah. There's something that happens when everybody's focused on raising their consciousness, even if they don't use it that way. And business is just part of that. And then the business isn't the center of your life. It's divinity. And that mm-hmm. uh, just changes the whole mm-hmm. thing where, yeah, let's, let's enjoy the, let's enjoy the, the journey like as much as we can. <laughs> And uh, it doesn't have to be this grind where we show up every day and just mm-hmm. and uh, struggle through as many things on our list as we can get done. You know, it's a pretty different <laughs> attitude. Yeah, yeah, stop and celebrate. Yeah. So we've got um, you know classic service uh, service work to the community as uh, you know shifting into a high consciousness business donations where you can make them. Um, having really good finances, like having really well organized. I mean, our our mm. uh, our accountant is, and the monthly um, summary that they do is. I mean, it just takes all the vagueness out of where we are financially, mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't mean there was always much money there, but at least we we weren't vague and we were. Mm-hmm. Now, then we can make adjustments. Mm-hmm. But I've I've, uh, I've never seen. Well, I haven't been part of a lot of large companies. Most of them have been smallish and not that we're really big, but, uh, you know, when you get 30 or 40 people in a company, then does, you know, each level has its own sort of structure it needs. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, really appreciate not being vague around, you know, where the money is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being vague with money is one of those things where, it's usually kind of hiding something that's not working well mm-hmm. or that's like you don't want to face. So just having it all up front and really clear financially. And so that's, it's interesting. You wouldn't think, okay, f- how would finances contribute to spiritual progress or having a high consciousness company? But it's like the more it's on, everything is up front and right there in front of you and you know what the situation is then you can work with it in a way. Um, I think some businesses cut corners a little bit on the accountants and financing that you're doing. And it just, my experience has been, that's really not, it's really a great place to have somebody that's really, really good at that. Somebody that's high consciousness in Mm -hmm. that area of finance. Like we've talked in the past podcasts about being around somebody that's really high in a certain area of their life um 
like finance that being around them, it brings us up, you know, yes. so we're in the field of a, um, of high, high consciousness finance or accounting money. And then we, we come up with that and we rise in consciousness in that area. Yeah. It's nice to be around someone who doesn't have a lot of the drama, you know, around <laughs> it. They just do the job and, uh, the money gets distributed in a way that, you know, isn't the theme of everything else, which is in service and mm-hmm. money can have that energy on it. It's just, most of us don't aren't at peace with it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we've had a, a very high consciousness accountant from the beginning of the business. Mm-hmm. It's been, uh, it's been great. Mm-hmm. So I've always had the orientation around competitors that we're just all in this together, mm-hmm. you know, that there's plenty to go around, you know, there's, it's sort of an abundance viewpoint that comes naturally to me. It's always had really good relationships with all my, you know, so-called competitors, other people in the same, same field. And, um, it's really, you can learn from each other and it's, there's really, uh, the celebration of success for somebody else, even if they got the big job that you didn't get. It's like, you know, congratulations, you know, good job, you know. Um, there's, you know, that compassion or um, empathy with everybody that's in our circle and includes companies that we're competing with in, 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 in the traditional term, you know, of competition. Yeah, that's certainly, uh, we're going to talk about business analysis in a little bit, but but that's a, that's not an easy one to be in. I mean, that's one where you know need to remind each other a lot that we're like in our particular genre. It's trying to help raise the consciousness of the planet in, in one sense, and yeah, we have to have a business model. Well, we have we've chosen to have a business because that's the best way to uh, spread the work. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't have a business. Then you could form a nonprofit. You could look for, you know, you know, if you have a lot of personal wealth, you can just spend it on that. Um, you can look for, a, you know, angel investors or people that just want to give money. And, um, and there's not as much, there's not as high a possibility, at least from our perspective uh, up till now, of progressing in the business the way we want to and to continue, mm-hmm. to, continue to grow it and continue to serve if we're waiting for other people to support us financially, but if we start a business mm-hmm. and, uh, and you have more control over how you serve and, and, and grow, then business is just the best way to be in the world in that r- regard. I mean, it's probably mm-hmm. worth talking about, um, mm-hmm. that we, we consciously just chose to do a business as a result of praying about what to do with this technology we discovered and, and how we were using it to, help Mm -hmm. raise the consciousness of the planet just in the, in the 2011 transition to 2012. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that we uh, wanted to go out and start another business. Mm -hmm. It came out Mm -hmm. of the result of doing service work and asking, you know, divinity, what's your will for us? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed it once I was into it, but I didn't want to really have to start another business. It wasn't, you know, and we had the choice, but that's, that's what wanted Mm -hmm. to happen. So, we're talking about business as a spiritual the practice here in a few minutes and business as a spiritual path and what the differences are. And there's another piece to that model. 
it's just think it's good to say that sometimes business is the best way to express your um, your goodwill towards humanity. It's just the best mm-hmm. model to do it with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the um, only piece that's sort of on my mind uh, just to talk about at the end here is shadow work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's another thing that we do occasionally in FLFE. Uh, I certainly do it with individual employees. Uh, we had a, a lady start a little while ago who is an immig- is immigrating to Canada. And for a person in that process, it's very difficult for them to switch companies because mm. um, just the way that the, the, the regulatory environment works in Canada. And so if you're an employer and you're, uh, and you know that it's very difficult for someone to switch uh, companies, then you can, you know, if you're not aware of your own shadow, you can, you can want to take advantage of that. You can want to pay them less or mm. ask them to work more or, give them, or overload them responsibilities because it's hard for them to go anywhere. So I had a conversation with um, the new employee about that. And there was some shadow stuff on their end that they could see in the company because we're relatively generous. And, you know, there's ways to take advantage of that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just looking at what is the shadow piece on both sides of the coin. Mm Mm-hmm for yourself and the employee or, uh, you know, we're in a position as owners to be able to have those conversations. If you're an employee, you might not be able to have, you might not be able to have that with your superior or your, or, or the owner or the business owner, your manager, however, whatever it works, uh, however it works in your environment, but you can have it with yourself. You know, you, it's mm-hmm. part of watching your ego. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're at peace with your ego, which wants to dominate control and uh, make every, everything subservient to it, when you're at peace with that, or so let's say the more at peace you are with your ego, then the more understanding of what you'll have for other people's ego and what tends to want to happen through them. Because we all get lost mm-hmm. in, in the mm-hmm. mind's tendency to want to control everything and dominate it and mm-hmm. make it the king of the castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and shadow, the shadow work for me too is the the unconscious things that I maybe haven't thought of or mm-hmm. they're, they're in the background, like you said, sort of part of the ego and fighting for survival. Um, it's like the, like the competitor piece, mm-hmm. you know, the shadow there is there's there's not enough to go around and I'm losing, you know, to the competitor. And maybe they're cheating or immoral or, you know, there's some jealousy of their success. Um, They didn't come by it, you know, uh, in a positive way. But for me, it really was around uh, abundance and that there is enough. And so that not enough or that I'm not enough shadow piece, you know, is kind of in the background. Mm -hmm. And, And that can be part of a lot of situations. You know, if you're, you're, your job at the moment is at home taking care of kids. Um, you know, there's, there's that worthiness shadow piece there that can be part of, part of that, uh, unconscious, um, orientation there. So something that, um, you know, it's something to think about is that shadow work or unconscious, uh, beliefs that are there 
sort of running the show in some ways sometimes. Yeah. And oftentimes 90% of it is unconscious and it just shows up when we behave in a certain way, which sometimes will surprise even us. It's like, we have this reaction mm -hmm. that's like, you know, the response should be a two out of 10 or three out of 10. And it's like an eight or a nine. Mm -hmm. And it's just, that's unconscious shadow. Mm -hmm. Typically it's like, mm -hmm. Wow, I didn't know I had that much of a charge on that thing. But mm. based upon the way, based upon the experience I'm at least having on the inside, even if I'm not showing mm. it, you know, it's good to have a poker face sometimes. Uh, mm -hmm. There's definitely more going on than, than just that mm -hmm. behavior mm -hmm. activity. Mm -hmm. So we should probably get into this business model. So um, working for all those years with people who, um, were oriented towards including or um, making uh, uh, the same or or having no separation between business and spirituality, a uh, or the spirituality in any part of their life. Really, we typically started with business because I was working with business people, as I said. But this applies to anything, and so a model evolved out of it. And the first step of the model was business, as a, was having. Uh, we'll talk about business. So business as a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. So business as a spiritual practice is taking one behavior that you will do in your business that you typically struggle with. And so if you're going to switch your orientation to seeing spirituality in our, all, all parts of your life, and if we're talking about business, it's a, it's a big commitment. Mm -hmm. And um, to have one thing where you know you can depend upon yourself, like showing up on time for work mm -hmm. or being prepared for meetings um, or doing a prayer at the beginning of a meeting, either by yourself or with other people. It's just mm -hmm. one behavior where you can really exercise the will that you have. And what that does is it creates discipline and it reminds you you're on that path and uh, you learn to trust yourself more mm -hmm. because you're behaving in a certain way that is in alignment with your choice and that builds a momentum. And once you've established some part of your business life or this new spiritual inclusion that you have in whatever it is, you've mentioned, um, you know, raising children, Jeff, mm -hmm. uh, it could be anything. It could be exercise, could be, you know, whatever. Um, just that most of us work, well, many of us work a large part of our lives. And if we don't include business in the one of the largest parts of our life, it's a pretty big gap. So mm -hmm. it's finding a way to measure the commitment that you make and how you're able to keep it. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get that momentum, that self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And then you can take it to the next step. So... So, so it's a practice picking some things, especially where we struggle, mm -hmm. like being on time to meetings. So right. I would keep track how many meetings I had, how many times I was on time. Yeah. And really just look at it. Um, parenting, it could be losing, you know, losing my temper. Mm -hmm. You know, how many times did I lose my temper last week and the week before? And where am I? This, then picking that as a place where I, can evolve and transcend and to keep track of it. 
Yeah, I used to yeah. carry a little uh, spiral notepad around at one point, and I would track different behaviors that I was doing a lot that I wanted to change. And, you know, when you're looking at the end of the week and you've done something 300 times, I mean, that could be pretty humbling. Mm-hmm. And um, it may not be a big outward behavior, but if you if it's some subtlety in your thinking, like thinking mm-hmm. there's not enough or you're thinking that you don't have enough time, right? Mm-hmm. And every time you're mm-hmm. aware of that thought, you write it down. And then it's mm-hmm. like, wow. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it could just be one thing at a time that one you're thing. working on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what's the next step? Well, business as a spiritual path. So, the, the distinction between business as a spiritual practice and business as a spiritual path is where you see all of your business life as your spiritual life. It's when mm-hmm. your business life becomes your monastery, it becomes mm-hmm. your church, it becomes your a religion, maybe not the religion for you, mm-hmm. but it's where you're all in. And it's like everything about this thing I call business, or perhaps, you know, if you're looking at parenting, um, this thing that I'm doing for this large part of my day, or even for a small part of my day, it's all about my spiritual growth. There is no... Mm-hmm. There's nothing, you know, there's no separation at all. It's not just one behavior mm-hmm. to everything. So it's partly how the businesses run, you know, things we talked about before the make a high consciousness business, mm-hmm. um, but really bringing in those intentions um, like we do um, in our FLFE meetings. You know, we meet every morning and we do an invocation. Um, that it sort of connects us to divinity and to the greater picture and um it's kind of a surrender you know starts the great way to start the day in that little meditation together it seems to be a lot of power in that yeah that's one thing we do pretty well as we do a prayer at the beginning of you know 95 percent of the meetings and that just changes mm-hmm. the energy in the whole meeting when we don't do it i notice it now <laughs> because it's so rare it's like, wow, something doesn't seem to be flowing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's finding a way to pray in a way that um, is empowering to the person who's doing it. You, you know, different people can pray. And, pe- and people can pass, right? They don't have to pray, but somebody does. They, mm-hmm. uh, they do it in their own way, and that's respected. Mm-hmm. And one way we look at that is activating a field together. Yes. You know, creating a container that's part of that meeting that is a field of consciousness that really gets opened by that that invocation or that prayer. Yeah, having some values in the business. One of our, I would say, one of our values is to do what we consider is in the highest and best interest of all creation. Some core principles mm-hmm. we operate from. Mm-hmm. That's just part of the the conversation that people come into, even in the interview process. You know, it's a pretty strange thing to say, except for the people who wanted to work at a place all their life where that's just part of everyday conversation. They just delight in it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, the, it's like the more successful we are, it feels like the more we can afford to be transparent about, you know, how we, how we really run the business mm-hmm. and that we pray a lot, you know, and ask for guidance. And I, I mean, it's pretty evident to us anyway, that, uh, 
we get out, uh, we get ideas and insights that are outside of our educational and experiential expertise that we should not know that. And we get yeah. these answers to questions and, you know, we put them into practice and they, you know, they work. And it's like, wow, yeah. that's, that's magic. You know? Yeah. And it's back to previous podcasts about whose, whose thought is this? Yeah. That uh, particularly after we've initiated a meeting with invocation or prayer and we're in a higher field, we're in a higher consciousness field. And then it, in those situations, asking those questions or pondering some situation, those answers seem to come and they're not our thoughts. And then check, you know, using kinesiology to check uh, the level of consciousness of the thought and appropriateness for what we're doing. But uh, yeah, that thoughts are not our thoughts are really in those high consciousness business environments as spiritual path is really has been really, it's helped us to create FLFE and we couldn't have done it. No, we couldn't have done it without it. No way. It's such a nonlinear specialized field. I mean, yeah, I I don't know that anybody creates anything that does a lot of good in the world without help from other sources. I I don't know if Mm -hmm. it's, if that really happens Mm -hmm. in lots Mm -hmm. of inventors talking about work. They're working on invention. They have a nap on their desk or under the desk or they're, doing something to distract themselves and the thought comes in Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, where does that thought come from? That's the, that's the question. Mm -hmm. If you're in service, it's probably coming from a higher power. Mm -hmm. That's what we believe. Yeah. And there's, there's a situation where those thoughts come into many inventors at the same time, you know, when something's coming into the world, Mm -hmm. it comes in multiple places. So it's just a reminder that, uh, you know, creating this high conscious environment, it, these solutions come in that move things forward at a a higher rate of speed than, Mm -hmm. than it would be if you're just using your mind and you're trying to logic your way through it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a, a formal process that we just recently completed and it's called detunement. And it was based upon the, the work of, at least part of it was based upon the work of the Findhorn Foundation, where they would uh, tune into the land or ask the land and the plants what it needed. And I spent a week with uh, Dorothy McLean in a, in a workshop. And uh, it was a really interesting process. Um, one of the things I remember is we were, you know, tuning into this, uh, the energy of this flower. And it sounds pretty strange, but uh, there was 18 people in the room. And at the end of it, what I, what I realized is there was 18 versions of truth. Mm. And there was nobody, there's nobody's experience that was less true than anybody else's. Mm. And it expressed different through each person. Now, mm-hmm. this was a process where we were, you know, we were in a pretty intense, you know, week long process and we were in a very, very remote location. And, uh, you know, Dorothy was at a pretty high level of sophistication in creating the field, if you want to use th- mm-hmm. that language, Jeff, and the, and the environment for that to come to come out. Mm-hmm. And so it's not something that I was familiar with to that level before. And it was interesting to be part of 
a circle with the co-founder, one of the founders, I guess there was Elaine, Peter, and Dorothy, uh, one of the founders of a very successful community, intentional community. And she carried that in her because that's the way she lived for decades. So when you're in the presence Mm -hmm. of somebody who has lived something for decades and created success with it, um, you get to ride the wave of their um, mastery, I think you call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The attunement process in the FLFE business has, has been that way for me too. And it's that, you know, what we do is tune into the business and we, we believe that there's a, an entity, a positive consciousness entity associated with every positive business called call it an angel, you call it whatever you like, but there's, there's an intelligence and it's how divinity wants to express through that business. And so we do that attunement where we, we get in a big circle and we activate the field through the prayer invocation. Um, and everybody sort of meditates together and connects to you know, instead of the, the flower in that case connects to the intelligence of the business and what wants to express over the next quarter. We've been trying to do, mm-hmm. working to do this every quarter and it's just amazing what happens. So then afterwards we go around and everybody speaks what they, their own truth about it. Like you said, that might be a feeling, it might be a vision, it mm-hmm. might be a word or series of words. And then once we've done that and everybody's gone, it's just amazing the themes that come out. I recall one of those where the theme was really build a foundation for the business for FLFE so that it can grow. Mm. And so people were seeing big tree roots and other people were seeing like big blocks of, you know, cement or stone in the earth that were creating this foundation and, it just all kind of came like, all right, we need to get our infrastructure, you know, really clear. So that became the quarterly focus, but it was everybody's own personal way of connecting to the intelligence of the business. So that's a practice. That's an example of business's spiritual path where you're bringing that connection into the business and using it to move your activities forward. Yeah. That's a very deliberate structured a process and uh, when we complete that we we put it on a vision board up on the wall and um and that reminds us about that next phase that the business um is trying to express in the world and uh yeah it's always a fun thing to do it's it's yeah it's i mean we have you know, all this other stuff to do in the business. And I don't know if it sounds like we don't get much work done because we're always praying and doing this stuff, but you know, 90% of the time it's just taking care of customers and doing what needs to get done. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. 90 or 95% perspiration and 5% inspiration. (laughs) But uh, although dealing with the customers is pretty joyful, I I think for most of the customer service reps and Mm -hmm. we pretty well have fun most of the day. It's just the days can be long and there's lots of stuff to do and, but having things like attunements at least once in a while, it allows everybody to uh, be an equal in the circle. Whereas mm-hmm. we're, we're just another mm-hmm. person checking into how divinity wants to express. And all those 
answers are equal and respected. Mm-hmm. And we do have to choose a theme and move forward on something. But every, everybody's thought is, uh, in whatever way it comes to them, is, is acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's the next step, Clayton? That, I know it's business as a spiritual service. Um, so we've talked about spiritual practice, taking in one particular practice and where we're challenged and really work through that to transcend. And then business as a spiritual path, which could be, you know, parenting as a spiritual path or where you're really looking at, okay, what are, how can I really have everything um, related to this be, be part of my spiritual path? And then what is this business as a spiritual service? How does that how does that work? Yeah, well, the way that I framed it in the coaching world was um, business as a spiritual service is when you've achieved financial freedom mm-hmm. for yourself and maybe for other people in the business. And then you are evaluating the next step in your life. And since you're not working for money anymore, you have the options of doing lots of things. And you consciously decide when you're that free that the greatest contribution you can make to the world, the most joy you can have is to stay in business and keep doing business. And you just give the profits away or maybe you Mm. give it all to the employees or you, you know, there's lots of ways to give. I mean, of course you can just make the service cheaper. You can do all kinds of things. But it's it's just being free and making a conscious choice to go back into business and serve. That would be how. Mm. That's typically the theme that came out of business as as a as a spiritual service. Mm. And, uh, I mean, I've seen retired people, like retired senior business people, mm-hmm. or just even people that are retired and were experts in something. You know, then mentor young people coming up or uh, volunteer in other ways where they're just giving it away. Is it, would that fall in that category? Too? Yeah, absolutely. It's not just the, the monetary piece. It's just being of service with your gift in the world. Yeah, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a bigger, um, yeah, that's a, that's definitely part of how it works. And it's not necessarily seen as business as a spiritual service. If you're a senior business person and you're doing free mentoring to, to a, a younger person or just someone who's less experienced it could be older than you um Mm. that's definitely the theme Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah just just giving it away just being in a position where you can give away that service and and that orientation really is to you know is is to help Mm -hmm. you know is in being in service to the world or to particular people or um whoever the group is yeah, you don't need anything from the person. You don't need anything uh, from any outside um, source. I guess would be part of that, and that's mm-hmm. a that's a state that is you know pretty rarefied, mm-hmm. where you're in such mm-hmm. a position of resourcefulness and um, and strength. I guess personally that you can afford to to give fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in FLFE, we, we give away 
a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. that's part of our model from the beginning with the the PIFs, um, but also we we do a lot of service work that's kind of sort of unrelated to the business. Yeah, yeah. It ends up that we give away ninety percent. I think is mm-hmm. for a conservative uh, number since the beginning of the company, just uh, mm-hmm. back in two thousand and thirteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're very we're very overbuilt with our machines that create the 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 high consciousness field, and if mm-hmm. if we aren't if it isn't being sold to people, then we just give it to the, you know, to service projects around the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, you know, if you go on our website, there's stuff about putting the service on concentration camps and places around the world where there's been trauma or war mm-hmm. to help, you know, lift that energy off the land. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot of that happening right now. A lot of that type of service work Yeah, that we're doing. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of our love, and that's that tends to you know <laughs> take me off into the service work, um, both of us. And we've had some really amazing experiences, uh, you know, looking at pieces of land, um, places on the planet that are low, and being able to bring them up and see mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty compelling to make the service better, and. Uh, I've often thought that it might be the will of divinity for us to actually grow the business more versus working on making it better. And I think we're moving a little bit more in that direction now. It's just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we've done okay. It's just, it is a lot of fun doing that work. That's yeah, joyful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's- so we've, we've talked about business's spiritual path and really business um, as a spiritual service and, some of the examples of what we do in FLFE specifically, we've, we've talked about the service work that we're doing. Um, we've talked about the attunement process to really connect with the intelligence of the business and have everyone in the business be part of that. Um, yeah, we talked about the daily meetings. Um, I don't think what we didn't say is that we're meeting every day. Yes. I mean, it's not, it's Saturday, Sunday, every day. So we realized that, you know, we're activating a field when we do that prayer and invocation and a group of us get together, anybody in the, in the company, um, that we, there's a momentum that happens mm-hmm. when you do it every day. And that has really driven us to grow and, yeah and, and, uh, keep, keep moving forward. So that's, that's one of our practices is every day. It's like, get up Sunday morning, we have our meeting. Yeah. Yeah, It's not everybody in the business. It's always at least two. And I think we're close to, we got to be close to 580, 590 days now. I don't know the exact number, but it's, yeah, yeah, there's definitely a momentum. Mm -hmm. It's actually, it's transformed the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's as little as half an hour. I think 24 mm-hmm. minutes is our minimum. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's changed things. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, that might not be right for everybody, but um, it's working for us. Seems to be a little known principle of, of, of business, um, whether you're starting a new business or is those daily meetings, you know, that momentum, that energetic momentum. 
Yeah. Yeah, I really noticed that things just don't get, I mean, things don't get, not everything gets done that we want to get done, but things don't get pushed aside unconsciously. Now they, at least mm-hmm. they go on a, a list. It's like, okay, well, we don't know when we're going to get mm-hmm. to it, but we know it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's just things like that where there's a relaxation in the business because there's mm-hmm. things aren't being neglected. You know, it's been mm-hmm. one of the big things. It's like, well, it's consciously put somewhere where it'll get dealt with in an order. And, mm-hmm. you know, then you have to force your, you know, it's a discipline then to decide what's most important. Mm-hmm. But at least it's not a vague, um, I don't know if it'll ever get done. And that, mm-hmm. that, that's a work in progress still, but that's that's been the big mm-hmm. change for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit like the financial, not being vague yeah, not and being vague. knowing yeah. where you stand. Um, we mentioned checking in you know, what's in the highest, best interest of all creation. And, uh, yeah, for me, that's such a surrender, you know, my brain's going and maybe it's my thought. It's maybe it's my ego's thought and maybe some other thoughts are coming in, but really to stop and check in, take a moment of silence and really get present and listen about what's, what's in the highest, best interest of all creation in that moment, you know, whether it's hiring someone or what the pay rate is for this job or whether we do this new advancement to the FLFE service, a new program gets added that it's a surrender. You know, it seems like it's a constant surrender to constant what's in the H and B and that, that mind sometimes (laughs) is like, no, I want to do this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know, the monkey, as we call it, it wants to grab all the bananas. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's an example of one of our practices. Yeah, we, um, you know, we use our rational analysis. We have a strategic plan for the company and we have a process where we look at our position in the market. We do a, a, a SWOT analysis. Many people call it SWOT. We just change it to SWOC. We have a Porter's uh, model that we use and a Pestle. So we use th- uh, three different um, analysis of where we fit into the market, and we have a pre- you know, which gives us a pretty clear view of where we are. And so it's not that we're not using rational, uh, reasonable, standardized business practices. It's it's just that we do these other things. So we've done the SWOC, Porter's, and Pestle, and th- and that's that's changed the company too. It's like mm-hmm. we know where we fit in the market and what our strengths are compared to other people that are offering a similar service. Mm-hmm. You know, then we have to, yeah, manage our, you know, our our tendency to want to dominate or to or to you know express in any way the ego wants to. Mm-hmm. But we certainly do the analysis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Having that part of the structure and it's fitting into business's spiritual path, so you're doing these analysis you know, within that framework mm-hmm. of, of service and of where we are in the marketplace. Um, and the values is the other piece that we've mentioned, you know, getting clear mm-hmm. about your values, um, having no credit card on the free trial, you know, that was, that was a strong value for us that there's no automatic billing. It's like if somebody goes on the free trial, at the end of that free trial, they have to consciously act and you know take action to to become a subscriber there's no automatic 
billing. And so that was, and for both of us, that was a, a, a value piece, you know, because we've all been there where we've got that subscription that's run for five months past the time we wanted to cancel it because it's just automatic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that is a big piece. And uh, the, 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 you know, the service work we do, the, the pay it forward, the PIF, as we call it, you give away a, a, a free subscription with every regular subscription. And the, the, the customer who, who buys the original subscription gets to choose where to put it uh, anywhere on the planet. Mm-hmm. And we've had lots of stories about people putting it on their children's school and, and uh, you know, seniors facilities and seeing the whole environment in those areas change. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's fantastic. You know. Yeah, and people in their own city or area, they know those low spots mm-hmm. or those spots where a lot of people go. Uh, there's been city centers, you know, where a lot of people gather for parties or festivals that they've they've put it there, and then. You know, then they go to those things and they see how it feels and they watch people's joyous experiences. So there's part of that knowledge you've given, you know, that mm-hmm. karma created by just giving that anonymously and then go and, and experience it. Um, there's people that have done river, you know, the headwaters of rivers. Um, and, of course, you know, those traumatic spots where things have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, around the world, like the concentration camps. That was a big service project that we did in Poland and Germany. Yeah. And we've got business subscriptions available. So we're able to put the FLFE service, which activates a high consciousness field on the legal entity of the business Mm. and on the business location itself. And Mm -hmm. that's been really interesting Mm -hmm. to see how that can transform some businesses. Typically there's... Mm -hmm especially if a business has been around for a long time and there's been some trauma in it, then mm-hmm. um, it lightens things up and there's typically mm-hmm. a flurry of activity uh, not mm-hmm. long after it's put on the service mm-hmm. and um, in, the, in, the, in the business. And, you know, usually it's positive and it's, it's typically revenue generating. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's taking that slightly nonlinear idea that a business has an intelligence and supporting that, you know, deliberately. Yes, yeah, supporting that intelligence to to rise in consciousness. Mm. Yeah, I remember early on one of our first <clears throat> first group of customers, uh, Eli had bought a business, and um, there was um, I think it was a bankruptcy or something, you know, and it's in the business past, and it was a bit stagnant. And when as soon as he put that subscription on, yeah, the the phone started ringing, mm-hmm. and their 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 business really got busy and it was really interesting contrast for him. Yeah. So at the end of these uh, conversations, we always like to uh, give the opportunity to make a change in your life. And one of the principles that we've learned in coaching and in the process of changing ourselves is that if we take an action as a result, if we take an action that we wouldn't have taken as a result of the time we spent together, then it creates a positive momentum and it starts to align ourselves with this new awareness that we have. So 
might be some new awarenesses you have today as a result of us spending time together. So we want to give you the opportunity or invite you to take a positive action in your life. And then that will change the direction of your, of your life. Mm. And so, you know, you just choose that one thing that you want to shift in your work or whatever area you're practicing your spiritual business, your spiritual life in, not just business. Mm -hmm. It could be uh, parenting. It could be the sports, you know, it could be your hobbies, Mm -hmm. but the principles are the same. So taking, you know, one place, um, like we said, that's measurable, you know, one area uh, that's, you know, work is work. It's work is a spiritual practice. Parents is a spiritual practice. Take you know, taking one thing, and um, you know, measuring it and working to to transform it. So it looks like we're wrapped up for today. Thank you for uh, sharing this time with us. Mm-hmm. Any, any closing thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, it's really it's, it's great to be with you and talk about this business, our business life at FLFE and business as a spiritual practice as we've been practicing it. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've found it very fulfilling and we hope that uh, it's been interesting for you. Thank you for joining this episode of Fields of Consciousness a podcast of Consciousness Conversations. We invite you to visit the link below the episode to experience a completely free trial of Focused Life Force Energy for 15 days. If you like, you can subscribe to the Fields of Consciousness podcast and tune in next time. We release new episodes every other week on Tuesdays at 11, 11 a.m. PT, onward and upward.